You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Welcome back to the Torah Sparks Podcast. I want to share with you a question that was sent out in a recent poll. Parentheses, I may or may not have been the creator of this poll. The question is, what pictures of your child do you love the best? Whether or not you have children of your own, um, it could be a grandchild, it could be a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, a sibling. But what pictures of the child do you love the best? Here were the four possible answers. A. The child is laughing. B. The child is eating. C. The child is making a silly face. D. The child is sleeping. What do you think the results were? Hey, and standing at six foot five in first place, we have at 83% with out of 41 votes, 34 voted for the picture of a child laughing. 7% voted for a child eating. And to be quite honest, that was actually me who voted for that. That's It was entirely three votes. Um, I did it from my phone and two different computers. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of rigged the system a drop, but it didn't really affect. If anything, the child was laughing would have just been, um, you know, on a higher percentage. But just so you know that percentage-wise, the child eating that slot, number B, that um, only one person voted for that. That that was me. I might explain that in a minute. Um, child's making a silly face. Only 5% voted for that. Two people. And a child seen sleeping. Also, only 5% of the audience voted for that. Again, it was two people. Ironically enough, those two people who voted for a child sleeping happened to be biological brothers, and they had no idea that their brother actually voted for the same one. They're just, they're something with them and and that the picture of a child sleeping. I just thought that was very interesting. Um, for me, I told a child eating because I think it's quite... A sight to see a child eating, whether it's pizza, whether it's mashed peas or something like that, and they get the food all over their mouths. There's something exciting about that, that you're nourishing them, that you're providing for them. That honestly was the initiative that I started. I was hoping and I thought most people were going to say that. Once I actually started this poll, I realized everybody, over 80% of the people actually voted for something else, for the child laughing, which also makes sense because the pure joy of seeing a child laughing, there's not many things in life that, that could um, quite quite peak uh, and, and top that sight of a child laughing. But I was trying to bring this out as, as an idea in our relationship with Hashem and you know, focusing on, on these two, you know, the two that came in, in the first two places, child seen laughing and the child seen eating as the, you, you know, the number one, number two pictures to look at. So, you know, when it comes to food, right, um, the Torah, mitzvos is actually compared to like lechem, like bread. There's this relationship, there's this connection and association between Torah mitzvos and, and food. 
And and just like when you look at a child eating and you're like, ah, the child is being nursed, the child is being fed, the child is enjoying that pretzel, that chicken, that chalent uh, from last week, even though today's Wednesday. And you're like, wait, that's way too many days for chalent to last in the fridge. Yeah, but you know, you're smart. You actually put it in the freezer. It's called fresh frozen chalent. I just grossed myself out. So the the just like just like we enjoy seeing children eat because we know they're being taken care of, they're nourishing themselves, they're being nourished, they're being provided for. When Hashem, our parent, our Father in heaven, sees us quote unquote eating and toiling and studying the Torah and performing His mitzvos and doing good things, then. Uh, that he gets such a sense of 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 not pride that's the wrong word but a, a certain sense of a satisfaction if you could if you could even say such a thing there's a certain that a geschmack a certain wow my my children are being fed they're being nourished and and that makes that 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 and that's like one of the ultimate feelings of a parent that your child is being cared for. And the other one is obviously the one that came in first place, a child seen laughing. People love seeing pictures of children laughing. There's something pure about it, something so real and genuine. And the same thing again um, with with Hashem, our father, our parent, and and us. That Hashem wants to see us laughing. You know, Hashem, we know Hashem created everything in this world. Hashem created light, He created darkness, He created the heavens, the earth, He created the oceans and the sand and the stars, everything Hashem created, and emotions as well, uh, feelings as well, Hashem also created, and laughing and being Sameach. That's a creation. That's a creation of Hashem as well, and He wants us to enjoy. He wants us to be happy. Yeah, we live in Gullus and this dark exile, but He wants us to thrive. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to be misameach. He wants us to be happy and rejoice. Uh, you know, this is one of the things with um, Yisro. This week's parsha, parsha's Yisro. I want to talk about Yisro a little bit. Yisro had many names. One of his names was was Chovev. Chovev means like Chavivos, beloved. And one of the amazing things about Yisro, he right, he became a he became a convert. He became a Jew. He became an Ish Yisrael. He got connected to the Torah. You heard about the amazing miraculous events of the Kriyat Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea. He heard about the Mechanas Amalek, the Battle of Amalek. And you heard about this pe- this people, this nation, th- this Jewish people, right? He saw, he heard all Vayishma Yisro, the very first Pasuk in this week's parsha says, Yisro heard of all the things that God did to the Jewish people, and to Moshe, Uli, right? It says to Moshe and to the Jews, Uli Yisrael Amo, and to the, the nation, and to the Jewish people, which are his nation, meaning the nation of God. Why does it say that word, his nation, the nation of God? Shouldn't it just say he saw all that he, that Hashem did with the you know Moshe and the Jews? What do I mean the Moshe and the Jews, which were Amo, the Jews were in the realm of his people, the people of God. But that was one of the biggest things that Yisrael was connected to. Oh my gosh, there's a people who are an Amo. There's a people who are his nation. You see, Yisrael served, Chazal tell us, he served every single Avodah Right, there's some like fancy uh, clothing companies that okay, maybe you've heard of like you know Gucci and Hermes and all these stuff. It, it, I I only knew this rec- I only found out this recently, but there's actually a whole category of really really fancy companies that you've never even heard of. They're so fancy you've never even heard of them, and I can't even tell you them right now because I don't know them. I just you know randomly like like ask somebody, hey, what is that? Like 
oh, that's this really fancy name. I'm like, I never even heard of such a thing. Like one time, a guy in yeshiva had a pair of pants. It was, it it it, it was like something the birds of paradise. Out of like no no, most people don't even know what that is. Um, so, anyways, Yisro, you're probably wondering like, what in the world is this guy talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. So Yisro, right? He didn't just serve the fancy avodazars. Even the fancy avodazars that you've never even heard of Yisro served. He served all of them. He tried them all out. But he jumped like a leaping, jumping frog from leap. He was like a leapfrog, jumping from one lily pad to the next, because nothing really did it for him. He just went from one to the next. But not once did he feel that there was a, a innate, d- deep, panemistic connection between that God, between that of Ozar, and the one serving it. But it was here, by when he witnessed the Kriyas Yamsev, when he witnessed the Melchemes Amalek, he realized, wait a second. There's a notion of Amo here. There's a notion of this. There's a nation. It's his nation. It's the nation of God. He noticed a relationship between a God and the people serving it. And that stood out to Yisro because that was a chiddush to him. And, you know, it's very interesting. One of the things that, you know, Chazal tell us he heard of was the Melchemes Amalek. How come it's Melchemes Amalek? Why is it that you heard about the Melchemes Amalek? Shouldn't it say that he heard the victory of the Jewish people over Amalek? Why specifically the Melchemet, the battle of Amalek, the battle with Amalek? And I think that it's deliberate, and that's because, fine, a victory, okay, miraculous, yes, great, yes. But what Yisra really was focusing on was the actual Melchama, was actual battle with Amalek, because the battle with Amalek stood out to him on so many levels. You know what happened with the battle of Amalek? We know that when Moshe Rabbeinu's hands were raised Klape Mala to heaven, the people were victorious. The people were winning in battle because they channeled, you know, through the, they, they saw Moshe's hands and they channeled that and focused heavenward on Hashem. But when Moshe's hands became heavy and his hands were down, then the Jewish people, um, you know, had to, were, 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 were started to lose the battle and it was this back and forth when Moshe's hands were up they were on top when Moshe's hands were down they were they were below and right what the Jewish what what Yisra saw in this that wait a second there's this back and forth between the people and God there's an actual relationship over here there's an actual connection over here there's an element of Amo of his nation over here oh my gosh when they focus heavenward when they focus and when they pray to God he actually listens oh my gosh this was an amazing sight to behold and it was specifically like the battle it was the way this battle took place in this back and witnessing this back and forth with the relationship between the Jewish people and Hashem that stood out to Yisro. That was a chiddush to Yisro, something that perhaps he never experienced in all of his endeavors to pursue all of his avodazaras. But it was finally now he found a people that were in the realm of Amo with their God. This Jewish people was the Amma, was the nation of God. There was a relationship over here, and that was something that drew, that was attractive to Yisro, and he wanted a piece of that. Going back to what we mentioned, one of his names was Chovev. Chovev means beloved, and that's what mitzvahs, that's what Torah, that's what the relationship, this rejuvenated, I always get confused with that word. It's either rejuvenated or rejuvenated. I believe it's the second one, rejuvenated. 
Yes, I confirm. It is the second one, rejuvenated. And Yisro loved Hashem. He, he loved it. This was something he was yearning for and desiring for and passionate about, to have this relationship with a God. He's tried and tried and tried, but to no avail. But now he found a people who were in the realm of Amo, of a nation of God. There was this back and forth, and Yisro wanted to partake in that. We mentioned the poll before, you know, earlier on, we mentioned this poll that we love looking at pictures of children laughing. And just like we, and we mentioned how Hashem loves looking at us when we are being misameach and happy as well. And I wanted to end with, with a story and of art. And that is a couple years ago, a friend of mine, you know, every year there's a yeshiva in Eretz a beautiful yeshiva called Yeshiva Sadara Sato, or by Santos Yeshiva, and every year they have a Super Seder campaign, and that's like during the Super Bowl, uh, that Super Bowl Sunday, they learn literally through the night. They have food and learning and shiurim. It, it's beautiful. I was never there, but from friends of mine, apparently it's very, very beautiful. Anyways, a friend of mine who has been in Rabbi Center's yeshiva in Israel for the you know for a bunch of years, he he reached out to me about donating to their Super Seder campaign. And in our conversation, I asked him, how's yeshiva going? I quote verbatim what he told me. This is what he said. Really, really, really amazing. Yes, he said it three times. Really, really, really amazing. There is really nothing I can say except for the fact that I am trying to raise $2,000 for the yeshiva. So I obviously love it. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, wow, the response, this, this response is incredible. It's, he's 100% right. From the fact that he is willing to campaign for his yeshiva and trying to raise $2,000, that is the greatest raya. It's the biggest proof in the world that he must love his yeshiva, right? He said, I obviously love it if he's trying to campaign for it and raise money for it. And we know that the Hebrew word ava, love, the root word is hav, which means to give. And it's not a coincidence. The condition of love generates the action of giving. No one campaigns for something that they feel no connection to. And I was thinking about this in relation, again, to the same person we've been talking about, Yisro. Yisro, in this week's Parsha, quote-unquote, campaigned for the Jewish people. He campaigned for God. How so? Because Moshe, he saw Moshe judging the entire people on his own, and Yisro offered his two cents, or his three cents, or his four cents, Sorry, I kind of regret saying that. Um, Yisra offered his two cents, and he said, Hey, how long can this go on for? Right, You're going to become worn out, Moshe Rabbeinu. You can't judge the people all alone. The matter is too hard for you. You're not going to be able to do it alone. But why did well, Yisro like he just joined the Jewish people? Like, just take a step back. Like, wh- why do you why do you care so much? What's going on? But the point is, but Yisro, as a proud member of the Jewish nation, he wanted to make it a little bit better. He wanted to add to it. He wanted to make the world, make Klal Yisrael a bit of a better place, more functional, more be- just better. He, Yisro had experience in this authoritative type of position. Uh, you know, he was one of the advisors of Paro, so he. he he did have a sense of, of, of perhaps what, something that would be would be beneficial. And instead of just thinking of it in his head, instead of just saying, oh, no, I'll tell them next year, I'll tell them tomorrow, so he decided, you know what, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to say something. He was willing to give to Klai Yisrael by offering his ideas, by offering his two cents. He was willing to campaign 
on behalf of the Jewish people. And it was coming from a, a state of love, from a place of Chavivos, like we said, his name was Chovev. It was coming from a place where he had a strong desire and connection um, to want to be part of this new nation that he was now a member of and to give back. And it's an important lesson for all of us that we, you know, we have to strive to be happy in what we're doing and be misameach. And at the same time, the happier we are in in life, the more we'll be willing to campaign on behalf of our Yiddishkeit, the more we'll be willing to give to our Yiddishkeit and come campaign on behalf of God. And the Mir Tashem will continue to do that and raise the world and raise the bar and raise the level of Kedusha on this world to a higher plane. And with that, I appreciate you listening to another Torah Sparks podcast. If you like this, please rate, please review, please share it. And with that, I wish you much success and have a fantastic week.